Hey, this is Michael Scobie. We're so honored that you're tuned into our podcast today. Whether you're part of our Vibrant Church family in person or online, I want to encourage you to connect with us on social media. Just search Vibrant HTX on all social media markets. You can also go to VibrantHTX.com to hear about things going on, connect with a life group, or even get to know some of our pastoral team. We pray this message inspires you, challenges you, and helps you make your next step in following Jesus. Let's jump into the message. So glad that you guys are in the house today. My name is Michael, my wife Carmen and I, we have the tremendous honor and privilege of serving this church as lead pastors. And we're so thankful that you chose to be at church today. Can we welcome all of our first time guests in the house? Come on, let's do it. Glad you're here. Welcome to the family, so glad that you're here. As always, I wanna take just a moment, look directly into the camera. I wanna welcome our online family. And no matter where you're watching from, who you're watching with, thank you so much for making Vibrant part of your Sunday. Can we welcome our online family in? I love it, I love it. We are coming up to the holiday season. I got a few things that I wanna tell you about. How many of y'all already have your Christmas tree up? Y'all Christmas tree people? All right, all right, all the rest of y'all. Uh, y'all can come help me now, that'd be great. Uh, no, but uh, let me tell you about a few things with our holiday schedule coming up. Um, two weeks from today, uh, we have a tradition that we do around our church called the Turkey Bowl. It's like uh, your family's flag football game, except for a whole lot way cooler and a lot more competitive, right? No, uh, but we have a great time. Uh, for guys, girls, there's no age limit on it. Uh, we just have a great time uh, playing some flag football together. And uh, so two weeks from this Sunday, so the Sunday after Thanksgiving, uh, it, we will meet at four o'clock at Irons Junior High. Uh, they have a, a practice football field. We'll go out there and have a, a great time. It's gonna be great. Uh, bring your, your kids, bring your family. We have a great time. It doesn't matter if it's gonna be rain or shine or I think a few, a few, a few years ago, we actually played in ice and it was a lot of fun. And so uh, we just build community together. And uh, sometimes you just build community in the mud. You know what I'm talking about? Just when you go through some stuff. And uh, so we're gonna have a great time with that. Uh, coming up to the Christmas season, I wanna let you know about our Christmas schedule. Um, what is happening right here at the church on December 18th at 9, 15 and 11. That will be our big Christmas, our Christmas services for the, uh, for the Christmas season. Uh, December 18th at 9.15 and 11 a.m. On Christmas morning, that is a Sunday morning, uh, what we've decided to do as a team and as a staff, one of our core values is community, but also one of our core, core values is strong families. And so uh, what we want to do is we wanna empower your family to host a church service right there in your living room. We're creating an online experience for Christmas morning at 9 a.m. Across the board, we'll join together on YouTube and Facebook. You can stream it to your TV where we're gonna do church together. We're gonna be reading the Christmas story together as a church family. We're gonna be worshiping. We've got some really cool, fun things planned for you and your family. And so at 9 a.m., just make that plan in your Christmas morning plans. Like everybody gather in the living room, we're gonna, we're gonna enjoy the Christmas story together. And you can, you know, hopefully, you know, it, it might be a little cold. We don't know, it might be 100 degrees. But uh, you could turn a fire on and, uh, and get, the, get, the, get the coffee going and, and let's just enjoy Christmas morning together, amen? Amen. Last week, we started a series called Overflow. Everybody say Overflow. 
Uh, the idea behind it is that we want to see every person in here and watching online live vibrant life in Jesus. Every one of you, we want to see that for you. We believe that Jesus came to give you that, that abundant life, that vibrant life. But what does it look like? What does that look like? There are some things that should naturally emanate from you. When you're living vibrant life in Jesus, there are some things that should naturally spill over out of the cup of your life. It should naturally come out because those things are from him. And he doesn't want to just fill you halfway up, but he wants to fill you all the way to the brim and overflowing, overflowing. Everybody say overflow. Last week we talked about worship and and worship is simply an overflow of the gratefulness of your heart for something that brings value to your life, something that brings value to life. Jesus brings the ultimate value, so he deserves the true ultimate worship, amen? And so worship should naturally just spill out every day of our lives. But today, I'm gonna make a turn, a pretty, uh, I'm gonna make a pretty hard turn here and preach something that maybe is a little bit less popular, uh, but it is just as important as the first thing that we talked about last week. Let me set it up like this. There was uh, two young boys, they finished their bath time and, and the mom was, they're, they're getting ready for bed and the mom told them, hey, why don't you go play for a little bit? And I'm gonna finish the dishes. And so she goes and she finishes the dishes. The boys head upstairs. And it wasn't long before she heard yelling and screaming. Uh, those of you that are parents know exactly what I'm talking about right now, okay? Um, and she goes up there and these two young boys are just going at it, right? One had, his, had a stick and had his best street fighter pose. You know, he was ready to go. And the other one had a ball and was trying to hit the other kid in the head. The mom comes in, they're screaming at each other. They're just yelling and, and the mom comes in, gets them to stop hitting each other. And they sit down and she was talking them through forgiving each other. And the boys just were not having it. Uh, the boys, they were talking about, well, he did this and he took this toy of mine. And, and uh, you know, he said that he was the favorite, but I'm the favorite. And all these things started talking through all of these things and tempers kept rising. And finally, the mom just had enough. She had reached her limit. And so what happens when you do that, you kind of go over the line as a parent, right? So for her, she looked at him and she said, if you die tonight, right, would you want him to die knowing that you didn't forgive him? Well, finally, the oldest boy said, it finally started to sink in. The oldest boy said, well, I, okay, I'll forgive him. But if he's still alive in the morning, he's mine. <laughs> Today, I wanna talk to you a little bit about forgiveness. I'm honestly praying and prayed all week that the Lord would use this message to heal some hearts today. And uh, I wanna begin today by tapping into an emotion that would make this message more impactful. But here's the thing is it's gonna get real deep real quick. Uh, but I need you to go somewhere with me. I need you to go somewhere. It's a journey. Uh, it's gonna get real deep real quick. Let me ask you a question. Is there a person or a people group, a family member, a coworker, a boss, an ex that you've made this statement about relationally. I just don't care anymore. I just don't care anymore. Like I used to care, but I don't care anymore. Well, can I tell you today, just the fact that you would say or think that means that you care, right? It's one of the biggest lies that you can tell yourself because it's a remedy that doesn't work. It's a remedy that doesn't work. It's a medicine that doesn't heal the disease. 
It doesn't work. Why? You were created to care. God created you naturally to care. You were created to care in community. So when you say you don't care, you're putting space between you and allowing tension to pull at your spirit. But the truth is God has a better way for you and I. If it makes you feel better today, uh, this is a very transparent message. Uh, I'm asking many of you to be transparent in your life to talk about, hey, you know, not publicly, but in your, to, to discover internally, hey, these are some people that I need to forgive. But it'd be really easy for me to preach that and you go, well, Pastor Michael, what about you? Well, I can tell you honestly, transparently, I, I know y'all think that Carmen and I just like float around and, uh, you know, we read the Bible to our kids in the King James only, right? And we just, you know, we just, uh, yeah, Jeremy's about, he, that's what he thought I did. I it's just, we're perfect and we never have issues. Uh, but, you know, um, that's just not the case. I mean, we're real people. We are absolutely real people. And I got to tell you transparently today, I've had these feelings. I just don't care anymore, right? About people that have walked away from me relationally, personally, friendships. I've had leaders in my life walk away from me right? Now, I know that y'all didn't come to church today to hear about how rough the pastor's life is, and, and I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna belabor the point here, but I, I think the thing that many people don't understand about pastors, and when I say pastors, I don't mean just me, but all our pastoral team, is that pastors many times put their life on hold. They put their life on hold completely to answer the calls, be all the places, no matter what's going on. You could be with your kids, you could be at a school play, you gotta answer the call, you gotta go to be at the hospital, to, to, to always be an encourager, even when y'all doing dumb stuff. I, that, not y'all, that's first service. That's first service. Huh? Pray every day for you to marry people, to bury your family members, to do all the things, maybe put your life on hold to do all those things, and then to have it, to get a message on a random Tuesday a Facebook message or an email and be like, hey, pastor, we've had a great time at Vibrant, but you know, we're just gonna go to another church because we found another pastor we like a little better. But who was there praying for your family? Who was there visiting you at the hospital? Who was there doing, now, I just gotta tell you, I'm being very transparent, being very real and organic with you. I believe in the Big C Church. I'm not against people going to other churches. I got, like, I'm cool with that. But I'm telling you, as a man, that invest in people's lives as a person who goes all out to serve every person that he meets, it can be hurtful, right? Can, is that okay if I'm being transparent with you today? That can be hurtful, right? I believe in the big C church, right? We're not the only church. We're all gonna go to heaven and we're gonna be a big, a big part of this thing, right? But as a person, it sometimes hurts. It hurts. I'd love to tell you that I never have to forgive anybody and that I'm invincible, and that, you know, everybody loves the pastor, everybody loves the church, everybody loves everything Vibrant stands for and what we give our lives for, but that's just not the case. It's not the case. The truth is, is that I have to forgive. And this is the point that I wanna make today. Forgiveness is not optional for the believer. It's part of the gig. Forgiveness is not optional as being a believer. In fact, it should be overflowing out of us. And I know this message today, nobody's gonna hang from a light fixture. It's gonna be completely different than last, last week's message. But the fact is, you care more than you think you care. And there's a better way to deal with it. And I can tell you, 
that when I share this today, there's gonna be some pushback inside of you. There's gonna be some pushback. There's gonna be some of you that goes, no, God, anything but that, right? But inside, you, you know it's the thing you need to do. There's something called faith that spurs you to action. See, action is not faith, but faith leads you to action, right? Because faith without works is, it's dead. It, faith leads you to do some crazy things that might not feel like the natural thing to do. It's not the natural thing to do, but the miracle on the other side of it is supernatural. It's supernatural. See, in forgiveness, you've gotta take a step in to the illogical to receive healing, to receive healing. Here's a, I wanna show you a little progression. We've all, I think we've all kind of understood and we've been there and we said, I just don't care about a certain relationship, about certain something that's going on. I just don't care. We end up with a general apathy. Well, there's a journey for us to get there and it's a progression. And I wanna present this progression to you. And I, I gotta tell you, it's not gonna be anything like genius. You're not gonna be like, oh, this guy's the smartest guy in the world, right? It's not anything like that. But when I present this, you're gonna be like, oh, I felt that. I've done that. I've been there before because we've all been here. We've all done it. Let me show it to you. Uh, it begins with a conflict. It begins with some kind of event that happens in your world, right? There's some kind of event that creates a conflict, whether it's like a person that brings you a conflict or an organization that brings you a conflict uh, or a spouse or a coworker or something is bringing you a conflict. And, and it even happens like nation to nation, right? There's this conflict. Some event happens, this conflict, and it creates distance, it creates distance. Now, sometimes I gotta tell you, it's un unintentional, uh, unintentional rather, unintentional. Relationships don't maintain themselves on their own, right? It's unintentional. It might be an argument. It might be, um, it, it might be just a general disagreement that you're like, I'm not going to be in the room with them. It might just even be coming out of a, a big election. It might be a political discussion that you had with somebody that has created some tension, it might be financial, something wedges itself in in a conflict and it creates distance. It creates distance between you. It even happens in spiritual life, right? Uh, oh God, why didn't you show up in this certain thing? Or why didn't you do this the way that I wanted to do it? So it creates a wedge, it wedges in and this conflict inside of you creates distance. This especially happens to people that don't like to deal with conflict. You don't like conflict. Like uh, you have a, fly, a fight or flight mechanism inside of you. And some of you are big fighters and some of you are big flighters. And those of you that are big flighters, what will happen is your natural tendency is this conflict happens. The only thing I need is distance and I'm gonna run away. I've gotta leave the house. I've gotta leave the, I, I, gotta, I gotta leave my job. I gotta, I gotta step away. I'm taking a day off work. I, I gotta, like, I'm just gonna leave and I'm gonna go away and I gotta leave my job. I gotta quit. Or, or, or the worst case, what happens is we get further down the line. We're like, well, I just can't deal with this conflict anymore. We just need a divorce. Or I can't deal with this conflict anymore. I've gotta send my kid off to boarding school. Like, I can't deal with this conflict. And we create this, this distance. It's even in your marriage, right? You know, they say that the woman always has the last word in an argument, right? The woman always has the last word because every word a man would say after that creates a new argument. And so uh, that, we can laugh at that. That's okay. We can laugh at church. It's all right. But it creates distance. It creates distance. Well, that, the second it adds up from there, we create distance. Then the second thing that happens is we start to build walls. Walls. What we do is we erect these walls. We build the walls because here's the truth is we don't want to hurt. Nobody likes to hurt. Nobody wants to hurt. No one does. So we put up a barrier. 
It's a protective device. The problem is that when we wall out and we build up a wall to keep all the bad people out, we also build up a wall that keeps all the good people out. So you might be building up a wall that's protecting you from that person at work, protecting you from that really bad relationship, protecting you from that that spouse, protecting you from that ex, protecting you from somebody that's hurting you. But what's gonna happen is you're gonna build up a wall that protects you from the people that are closest to you. They might be, that wall might be protecting you from your boss, but it's also protecting you away from being authentic and organic with your wife and your kids, which affects all your relationships. You build the walls where nobody can, you can't see what's on the other side. There's distance, there's a wall. You become so protective of your emotions that no one can connect with you authentically and organically. No one can connect with you. Then when you don't deal with the problem, you've created distance, you build up a wall, you feel like you're safe. What happens is you start to get in your own feelings. And the third step in this is you escalate. It escalates. The situation becomes bigger than the situation. We have a saying we say in ministry is that the issue is never the issue, right? We, we coach many couples around the church and in life and we've done this and, and many times I just wanna say like, you're fighting about what? Huh? That? That's what you're fighting about? It's like, wash the dishes. Not that big a deal. She'll kiss you. It's okay. It'll work out. Right? Fill a car up with gas. Y'all wasting a bunch of time that you could have been washing dishes or filling the car up with gas. Like, I just, right? Or some couples come in and they don't even know what they're fighting about. They're just like, I'm just mad. What you want me to do about it? Uh, that, that's cool, right? What happens is these people create distance and then they build walls and then they escalate things in their mind. You escalate things inside of you. See, that boss looks a whole lot worse than they actually are because you walked away You built walls and escalated the situation internally. In escalation, the tongue is the thing that gets out of of control. You start to say things that you don't mean. You start to say things that belittle other people and it's a defensive mechanism. Rather than rising to the level of forgiveness, what you would rather do is pull others down in escalation, right? Rather than rising to that level in forgiveness. And so at that point, when we start to say things that we don't mean, we escalate things, we start to do this, then, then the enemy gets involved, involved and he creates in this number four, it creates false belief. This is where we create things that don't exist. We create thoughts that don't exist. I bet they're thinking about me. I bet that post was about me. I bet they're talking about me at the dinner table right now. Huh? People that don't know the facts start bringing in their own ideas and we start assuming and we know what happens when we assume, right? Here's what happens. At that point, when we escalate and we start to create this false belief, we start blaming the character of another person when we've separated ourselves from the character of that person. People get hurt and it leads up to making lies of false belief. You start adopting the best weapons of the enemy. The best weapon of the enemy against you is lies. It's lies. That's the best weapon. In fact, Jesus said that lying is Satan's native language in John 7. It's his native language. So we start believing lies like, they never loved me anyway. Huh? No one likes them. Their personality is flawed, right? 
When we have an issue, it's like, what? It's just, it's just my Enneagram number, pastor. I'm a, I'm a six. I'm not a six. I don't know what number I am. But then when somebody else has an issue, we're quick to make the issue about the character of the person. But for us, it's just, oh, you need to be tolerant about how I am. But for anybody else, it's like, oh, they're just a terrible person. Because we create the distance, we build the walls, we escalate the thoughts, and then we believe the lies from the enemy. We believe the lies. Church, can I tell you when you're hurting, you are the last person that you should be listening to. You're not seeing clearly. Obviously, there's a wall built in front of you. You've escalated the situation and created clouds in front of you. And then you're looking away towards the enemy as he's speaking to you. It's the quickest way to buy into your own emotions. And then what happens is this final step stepping into, I just don't care. It's this hostility. We go from apathy to I actively want to see them fail and I will contribute to do so. Here's the truth. It's like that Snickers commercial. You're not yourself when you're hungry. You know what I'm talking about, Scott? Right? You're not yourself when you're hungry. You can't trust you when you're offended. You cannot trust yourself when you are offended. You can't trust yourself because you're thinking through the clouds of escalation, listening to the lies of the enemy, the false belief, and you have a wall built in front of you so you can't even see what's happening on the other side. When we combine all of that together, we create a hostile environment. It's a hostile environment between us and them. What's supposed to be a peaceful environment relationally or in life becomes stressful because there's a constant tension or hostility. You know, the, the, the holidays are here and you know, Thanksgiving's in like two weeks. That's my favorite holiday. That's just, we get to eat a lot. That's, uh, you know, primary value here in my life. Uh, but I've had people tell me, oh man, the holidays are here. I don't wanna be around my family. Have you met my uncle? Huh? I got a crazy uncle. I, you know, or maybe, maybe it's a relationship with a family member. You know, uh, you've got tension with a coworker and you can't accomplish anything positive together because there's hostility between you two. You don't even work on the same team together. So you just don't even talk to each other. The truth is it's, it's when we decide to be hostile. Hostility is not the condition between you and another person. Hostility is the condition of your soul. It's the condition of your soul. It infects how you believe. It infects how you talk. It infects how you live. You can't have peace or joy in relationships because you are always scared someone is out to get you. Every relationship around you, you become a relational porcupine. No one can get close because they're gonna get stung. Unforgiveness and bitterness takes us on this journey. What do we do about it? How do we stop that journey from I just don't care? How do we go from an empty, dry, and bitter life to a full and overflowing with forgiveness type of life? How do we get there? The reason that I bring you this journey towards I don't care is the exact journey, but opposite is what you and I had with God. It's the exact journey. Ephesians chapter two, verse 12 through 14. It starts with this with remember. Anytime the Bible says, remember, it's probably something that you ought to mark down. Probably something you ought to pay attention to, right? Remember 
that at the time you were separate from Christ. See, sin is a separation agent. It is a separation agent. It disconnects you from God. So you were separate from Christ without hope and without God in the world. Every one of us have been there. Some of us in this room, you might be there right now. Okay, separation without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. I want you to recognize this. For he himself is our peace who has made the two one and destroyed the barrier, broke down the wall that you and I built, broke down the wall, the dividing wall of hostility. Check this out. So we become relational porcupines. We become relational porcupines where nobody else wants to be connected. Nobody else wants to be, we can't, they can't get close to us because they're gonna get wounded. Who is the one that ends up wanting to be close to us and will embrace us even even if he gets wounded? In fact, already got wounded for us. It's Jesus. When we, when we are the these, these, these spiritual porcupine, he embraces us because he takes the wounds for us. Ephesians 4, 31 through 32, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to, you, to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Just as in Christ. The power of that scripture is in the just as. It's in the just as. The power of forgiveness is in the just as. You know, you don't forgive people because you feel like it. You don't forgive people because it's a convenient time. You, you don't, for, forgiveness is, it's a just as type of value. It's a just as because we can only have the ability to forgive because Jesus forgave us. So we forgive each other just as in Christ, God forgave us. Maybe you're in this today and you're tired of trying to deal with this, all your relationships one way. And you know that it's hurting you and you're ready to have peace in those relationships. I wanna help you today. I wanna help you. I wanna preach some biblical truth. And, and this is intentional heading right into the holidays. I'm preaching this right on purpose, right on time. Some of you need this right where I'm at today, okay? I, I gotta tell you, you can have peace no matter what the other person or party does. You can have peace no matter what they do. I'm gonna give you three steps on a journey to overflowing in forgiveness. But I just gotta tell you, two of these you are gonna hate. You're gonna hate them, right? And that's where I'm asking you not to filter it through your mind, but to filter it through the authority of God's word. Because his truth is the only thing that can lead us to understanding. You gotta discover that there is power for you to do what he's called you to do. So three steps to living overflowing with forgiveness. I want you to write these down. I hope that they get just burned in your mind that you won't even have to write them down, okay? I wanna help you here. Number one, receive God's forgiveness. Receive God's forgiveness. You know, the truth of the matter is that there are millions and millions of believers all over the world, just tons and tons of Christians. But somewhere down the line, I personally believe as a pastor, there are millions and millions of believers that have not received God's forgiveness, I'm not saying that they haven't been offered it, but they haven't received it. It was offered to them, but they never took it on. They never took it on. Here's how I know. We pray for forgiveness. We're sorry for our sin. We end up trying to earn God's forgiveness. 
We end up trying to earn what is already offered to us. In fact, I'll prove it to you on a Sunday morning, we come in here and, and we're worshiping and, 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 you know, but we come in and, and we remember what we did this week. Every one of us, we, we remember what we did, remember what we said and worship begins and we hold back and we go, all right, here I am. Oh, you know what? They're singing that good song. I might, I might slip my hand up just a little bit. Pastor preached about, about passionate worship last week, and I don't want to get called out in the message, so I'm going to put my hand up, right? I'm just kidding. We don't do that here. But what happens is internally, we keep score. We keep score in our, in our well, I messed up. I failed this week, and so God, I'm not worthy of your blessing. I'm not worthy of your presence in my life. I'm not worthy of what you would want to do. And spiritually, we tuck our tail and we're, we just feel like we're not worthy of a blessing from God. Church, can I tell you today, that's inconsistent with scripture. That's heresy. It's just not the truth. God knows what you did. God knows what you're going to do in the future and he still forgives you. He still forgives you. Everything that you have done and you will ever do has already been covered by the blood of Jesus. I need someone to understand that today. It's not been covered by good works, but it's been covered by good blood. It's the blood of Jesus. If you believe it, I wish you'd clap your hands. This changes everything though. I wish you could grasp this. All the way in the back, I wish you could grasp this. You'll never have to forgive someone more than God already forgave you. You'll never have to forgive someone more than God has already forgiven you. First Timothy chapter one, verse 13 through 15. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me, overflowed, overflowed abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that, the, that deserves full acceptance. Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Paul brought himself and said, this is the worst you can get. I'm the guy and Jesus forgave me. There is nothing that you can do to get to the lowest of lows that I was at. Jesus took my sin and made it, took it from the, as far as the east is from the west. Can you imagine what he did with yours? Isaiah 1 and 18 says, come now, settle, let's settle this. It's like God saying, all right, come on, listen, there's a challenge. Come here, I want you to talk. We're gonna have a little talk with Jesus right here. This is the Lord coming. He says, says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Forgiveness. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them white as wool. The reason many of us struggle to give forgiveness is we struggle to receive God's forgiveness. You struggle to give others forgiveness because you struggle to take on the forgiveness that was freely given to you. Freely given to you. If, church, if you find yourself trying to earn God's forgiveness constantly, you are more than likely making others around you try to earn forgiveness from you as well. If you're trying to earn God's forgiveness, most likely you're making everybody around you try to earn forgiveness. It's just the truth. The first step in you be able to forgive anybody in your life truly and wholly is number one, accept God's forgiveness because it will change your mind and it'll lead you to number two. Number two is freely give what you have received. 
freely give what you've received. See, step one gives me the ability to do step two. You can't start on step two. You can't start on forgiveness. You have to start on recognizing that the Lord forgave you. The Lord forgave me. Now, the reason that I forgive is not because of a meeting or a conversation or an obligation. That's not the reason that I forgive. It's bigger than that. It's built on my faith, not on a feeling. Because forgiveness is not a feeling, it's a choice. Forgiveness is not a feeling, it's, 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 it's a choice that's based on my faith. Because of my faith in Jesus, I choose to forgive. It doesn't matter what happens to me. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter. I, I choose to forgive. Matthew 10 and 8, freely you have received, freely give. Freely give. Jesus is saying, I didn't make you earn it. Stop making others try to earn it around you. There should be a motto of Christians. It should be the forgiven, forgive. The forgiven, forgive. Christians should be the most forgiving people in the entire world. The entire world. And the challenge that I see as pastor, that I look around and I see that's not the case. I see way too many bitter Christians Well, pastor, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they said about me. I don't have to know. I know what Jesus did for you. That's all that should matter. That's all that should matter in our lives. We should be the most forgiving people in the world. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21, for Christ's love compels us. It sets us on fire. It gives us passion because we are convinced that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, which... Uh, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. All of this is from God, who reconciled us to him through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed us to the message of reconciliation committed us to the message of reconciliation. That's not a word that we like very often. We should be committed to healing. We should be committed towards building bridges and not tearing them down. We should be committed in tearing walls down and not building them. Therefore, we, we are therefore Christ ambassadors. It's our responsibility as an ambassador of Christ to do what? As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us in that him we might become the righteousness, righteousness of God. It is your job to be an ambassador of reconciliation. That's challenging. That is challenging. He, to what he did, what God did, was he took that balance that you and I had. That balance, there was a debt that was worthy of capital punishment. And he took that debt and he made it zero. He wiped it clean. Forgiveness is not just words that come from your mouth, but it changes the way that you look at that person. It changes the way that you treat that person. Now, I got to tell you today, many of you today, uh, you've been in really, you might have been in a really bad situation some of you in here might have faced abuse, whether it's physical or, or, or mental or uh, emotional. or I, I don't know what your, your relationship status might be or what you've been through. I want to tell you today that that doesn't, even though you walk in forgiveness, that does not necessarily mean that that relationship could be repaired or fixed. It doesn't mean that, 
That many times that's not even possible, right? But in your life, what it means for you is you're taking their balance. That might be a very big balance. And you're saying, I forgive you and I take that balance down to zero. That doesn't mean that the relationship can be fixed. It doesn't mean that that loved one is gonna maybe honor you the same way that you honor them. But what it means is you're saying, because Jesus, you took my balance down to zero. Because you've given me this free forgiveness, Lord, I give freely to everybody around me. You know, there's an old song that says, Jesus paid it all. And because of that, all to him I owe. How many of us are singing, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe, but holding a grudge against somebody that's maybe wronged us a few years ago? We'll be quick in church to say, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. But then when somebody says something bad about us, we go, well, I'm, I'm gonna remember that. Somebody said, they, they blame you for something at work that you didn't do. I'm gonna remember that, I'm gonna write that down. All to him I owe. My balance is zero. I've gotta lower the balance. Here's my guarantee is if you obey his word and mix faith inside of this spiritual gumbo, you, 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 you listen to his word where he says, he, he, he's giving you forgiveness. It's free, it's off, take it, put it on your life. Stop trying to earn the forgiveness of God and then freely give it to people around you. I promise you, God will work a miracle in your midst. But the third step is tangible. It's practical, but it's painful. The third step is you go first. Now, I know what you're thinking right now. You're thinking, oh, no, pastor, anything but that. I'm not doing it. You know, we love to go first in anything but forgiveness, right? One of the most powerful things that God did it, it was give us a choice. He gave us a choice. Not sure if we were going to make the choice to follow, yet still Jesus died on a cross for our sin. He went first. Romans 5 and 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us. While we were still sinners, while you were still a sinner, while I am still a sinner, Christ died for us. I'm calling you to a place of faith because the first to forgive is often, often the most joyful. The first to forgive is, is often the person that finds happiness quicker. The, first, the person that is first to forgive is, is often the one that is creating reconciliation in the relationship. But there's a blessing that comes along with this. We find this in Matthew chapter nine or chapter five, verse nine. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Now it's easy to read that and go, okay, blessed are the peacemakers, that's awesome. But that word blessed, is the, is, it's a word makarios, which means happy. Uh, but another way to frame this is it says, it's regardless of the circumstances, I'm finding peace. So in other words, blessed are the peacemakers. If I choose to forgive and I choose to bring a, a peace to everybody around me, I will receive joy that I didn't have before. 
If I choose to bring peace to everybody around me, I will find a happiness and fulfillment that I didn't have before. If I choose to bring forgiveness, even though they hurt me, even though they said this about me, even though they, 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 they took people away from me, even though they walked away from me, even though they were supposed to be blood related, but they didn't treat you as such, I choose to forgive. And I receive a joy that's bigger than I had before regardless of the circumstances around me. The truth is, is that choices lead and feelings follow. If you forgive when you feel like it, you'll never forgive unless you're forgiving so they'll give you something. God can give you a peace in a time where everything else in your life is not peaceful. James 3, 17 and 18, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial and sincere, the complete opposite of anything else you'll experience in this world. This world is full of hatred. It is full of bitterness. It is full of strife. It is full of angst. It is full of, there is a debt. I'm gonna hold it against you. But peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. Church, can I challenge you today? The miracle that you might be praying for, it might be on the other side of the forgiveness that you need to give. Yeah, well, pastor, you don't know my story. My situation is different. But the love of Christ leaves us no option but to forgive them. I have a hunch that someone in this room has someone that they need to forgive. This is hard preaching. You wanna live vibrant life in Jesus? You wanna have that abundant life? You want, you want joy to be overflowing from you? You better be overflowing with forgiveness first. Would you stand with me across the room today? I, I didn't say this in first service, but I just feel led to in this service. But you're looking at somebody that has dealt with dealing with forgiveness. I had one of my own family members attempt to kill me and was about three feet away with a knife from stabbing me in the neck when I was 11 years old. Shouldn't be here, honestly. I was dead asleep. They came in with a knife and a drunken rage on pills. They thought that I had attacked them in the night because of they were high. Came in. At 11 years old, I had to call 911. And my own family member, I had to report them for trying to kill me. At 11 years old. You don't think that I dealt with some unforgiveness over time? Can I tell you that that unforgiveness that I dealt with kept me from living a joyful life? It kept me from living in peace because I was always a spiritual porcupine. I'll hug you, I'll connect with you, but I'm not letting you close. I'm not letting you know what I'm actually feeling. I'm not letting you know what's actually going on in my life because you might hurt me. But there was a time in my world where I had to actually forgive. And I had to be willing to leave that an altar at an altar and go, God, I, I, I go to you for forgiveness. But now I, I've got to 
I've got to forgive her. So much so where I had to drive three hours out of the way and have a conversation and tell her, I forgive you. It doesn't necessarily mean that I trust you. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to put myself in the same position. But I forgive you. I can control me. And I forgive you. I have a feeling some people in the house today, you're right in the middle of this. But the thing about preaching like this is, it sounds great, it's challenging, but it means nothing if we do nothing with it. Some of you in here in this house have somebody, you're thinking as as I was preaching today, you thought of somebody in your mind that you needed to talk to. And you needed to let them know that you forgive them. And I got to tell you today, let me encourage you, nobody can do this except for you. Nobody can do it for you. As your pastor, I'm I'm, I'm cheering you on because that forgiveness is going to open up joy. What you're doing is you're cleaning the house for more blessing. You're cleaning the house for more peace in your life. You're cleaning the house that you would be called sons of God. You're cleaning the house. So I'm challenging you today. Some of you need to make that call right after church. You're gonna get in the car and you're like, this is the person I need to call. I met with somebody after first service. They were like, I'm going right now. I'm going straight to the car. I'm going to make the call right now. I'm going. Some of you need to schedule lunch with that person. I know they hurt you. I know what they said about you is not true. I know what they did to you is not right. It was not ethical need to schedule that lunch with that person. It doesn't mean that they're going to change. It means that you're going to raise their, bring their balance down to zero. You're going to forgive them. Some of you need to show up at that holiday meal, even though you're not, you, you don't feel like going because you need to let somebody know that you forgive them. Some of you need to honor, even though you've been dishonored. You receive God's forgiveness. You freely give what has been given to you first because Jesus went first went first would you bow your heads I want to pray over you Lord Jesus we love you and we're so thankful for your word today God it's a challenging word it's a, it's a word that, that Lord it helps us grow it's a, it's a word that really <laughs> it makes us truly test whether you're the potter and we're the clay today, Lord, I I surrender to your word. We surrender to your word. God, whatever you have for every person in in this room, whatever their person, whoever their person is that they're thinking about right now, Lord, I pray that right now you would begin to give them the words to say, that they would start speaking healing and forgiveness, start speaking healing and forgiveness into those people's lives. That it doesn't matter. They they might have created hostility. They, They might have you know, listen to the lies of the enemy. They might've escalated things already. Walls have been built down, but today we tear down those walls. We tear down those walls, Lord, that there would be healing and restoration, that we would be ambassadors of reconciliation as your word calls us, that we would truly live to form who you want us to be, that we would be overflowing with with, with forgiveness regardless of what they do, regardless of if they change, regardless if they're right, regardless if we're right, we step into forgiveness 
Lord, we surrender to your word, Jesus. We make room for what you wanna do inside of us, Lord, that you would fill us with your spirit, that you would fill us with wisdom and understanding. God, as we make room and we create forgiveness and let forgiveness rise out of our spirits today, forgiveness rise out of our hearts, not out of an emotion, not out of a feeling, but God, out of a choice based off faith. We make room for what you wanna do, that you would change us, you would change us, you would change us, God changes from the fleshly desires to the spiritual ambassadors that you want us to be. Today, we're a church of forgivers, and we make room for what you want to do in our lives. In Jesus' name, let's lift up our voice and sing.